1: This program was recorded for broadcast at this time.
0: Welcome to What's the Score? A series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida small business and entrepreneurs. Donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. And now let's head into the Rich Jekyll Score studio with Christopher Hart and Lucy Polito.
1: Hello and welcome to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination and score big with your business, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, you can always score big with score because they have great volunteers like the award-winning volunteer, Lucy Polito. How are you doing today, Lucy?
2: Very well, Chris, and how are you?
1: Excellent. Thank you. That's right. I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show. But, of course, this show is all about SCORE and everything that's going on at SCORE, and they've always got something going on at SCORE, pretty much, ladies and gentlemen. And it didn't matter if the whole world was shut down, SCORE was still busy. As a matter of fact, busier than ever. That was remarkable, Lucy. I know we talk about it often, but, you know, it, 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 it bears repeating.
2: Yes, uh, we uh, certainly. I, for one, did not expect it to be that busy, but we were, uh, and it was. It was really an interesting time because we were all learning how to uh, live with uh, telephones and Zooms and all that kind of stuff. But uh, our clients uh, called, and we were able to help them. And uh, it was uh, really a, a great opportunity. Of course, we helped the the city and the state government also when they were doing their their checks and all that kind of stuff. So we were very, very busy. And uh, we certainly didn't anticipate that. I, for one, did not anyway.
1: <laughs> it was amazing. And once again, SCORE was there all along the way. And they're there for you all the time at the National Entrepreneur Center here in Orlando. Their office hours 10 to 4, Monday through Thursday, 10 to 1 on Friday. If you call ahead of time and set up an appointment, probably the best thing to do, unless you just want to stop by and say, hey. And, of course, if you have a simple question, uh, you could perhaps have that answered over the phone either immediately or they will have the person with the expertise contact you. And they got all the contacts, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, the phone number is 407-420-4844. National Entrepreneur Center, of course, located in the Orlando Fashion Square Mall on the West End, just off of McGuire there. And if you check in at the um, on the website, uh, you'll know everything that SCORE's got going on and how to participate in it, and that's Orlando.score.org. They have the workshops that go on every month that are the basics of, of business, you know, how to start a business, the first things to do things don't you don't want to do and uh and that is uh, on a regular basis they also have webinars virtually every day uh, another webinar of one sort or another of course you don't have to take take them all in but I'm sure you'll find some of them relevant to you and they also have the coffee with the leaders presentations and that's a great networking opportunity as well that's uh, twice a month with great leaders that come in and uh and advise you on the the latest, and perhaps it's social media or photography or whatever. I mean, they just got it, and all there, all for the offering, at the only inflation-proof price in town, in the country, and that is, once again, Lucy, how much?
2: You know, it just hurts me to say this every week, but uh, what a great bargain there is, and it is... Free. And I mean, you get an education. If you really want to learn about business, SCORE is the one to go to. Our website is outstanding, and certainly our classes are great, and all of that is for free. Now, where else can you get all that information from actual uh, business people who have been there, done that, and uh, have been successful, and were there to uh, give all that information again?
1: There you go. So take advantage, folks. (laughs) The big F word, as Rich used to say. So the uh, programming, all of it, no charge at all. You'll also find at the website lots of documents, uh, templates that you can use. Uh, archives of of many of their events and of course all of these radio shows and once again please do take advantage of it and it's, there's no charge to you because of great sponsors and because volunteers like Lucy are they're not getting paid they, they do it because they love doing it and that's why they do it so long and uh, their gratification is to see you succeed so uh, please reach out to SCORE one way or another and uh, and you'll also find out that, once again, not only Lucy here, but the, uh, 49, 50, oh, actually about 60 other uh, great volunteers here with a diverse uh, backgrounds, And then, of course, nationwide, you have thousands uh, all there now, especially because you can Zoom things available with their particular expertise. No matter what your issue is, somebody in SCORE has already dealt with it, no doubt. And I see Lucy nodding her head.
2: You know, uh, it's amazing, but truly, we do have about 10,000 volunteers nationwide, and I guarantee you, no matter what type of business you're thinking about, or you already have and you want to ask a question, if we locally in Orlando don't have it, there is somebody somewhere in the nation that can help you, and we can get you uh, connected to that person. So... uh, Please feel free to call us. We'll help you, whether it's here locally or anywhere in the United States. We will find that person for you
1: all right, which brings us to our guest today. He's been on the show before. he also is a score mentor, so I'd like to welcome back to the show, Stuart Hodes Stuart. How are you doing today?
3: I'm doing great um. I just want everybody to know that my fee is twice what Lucy's is.
1: <laughs> That's right. Well, now she's going to go get her salary doubled, right? All right. So exactly. uh, there you go. Um, well, Stuart, it's been a while since you've been on the show. And, of course, you probably remember yes, from the last time, we, we want to find out a little bit about the guests themselves first and how they got to where they are. So tell us where you're from, You know your back, education background, your professional background, the stuff that led up to you being a SCORE mentor. And then we'll talk about that in the next segment. Go ahead, please.
3: Well, um, I'm, I'm one of the rare few that was actually born and raised in Orlando pre-Disney. Um, so I remember when Orlando was a sleepy little town. And um, I uh, I graduated from Edgewater High School in 1968. So uh, that's how local I am. Um, I ended up, um, I graduated from University of South Florida uh, with a bachelor's in communications. And then I uh, subsequently um, I went back to school some 20 years later. I got an MBA in management. And then uh, a few years later, I got an MA in uh, marketing. Um, my career. Um, the vast majority of it was in nonprofit and association management. Um, I was um, in, lived in a number of communities in the southeast um, as I advanced my career. Um, ultimately, um, uh, I retired back in nineteen twenty fourteen, and I um, because I have enjoyed. Uh, some opportunities in teaching and always have had a kind of an entrepreneurial bent even my approach to nonprofit management um I was looking for something to do uh someone suggested score I looked him up on the internet and uh, it seemed to be the right fit Um, I made a phone call and I it's been just the most positive uh, stimulating experience uh, that I could possibly have hoped for uh, in my retirement. I get to work with incredible people uh, and fellow mentors like Lucy. Uh, the people at Score are incredibly talented and, and gifted and capable uh, business people. And then the our emerging entrepreneurs are. It's so satisfying to see the uh, ambition and desire. Of um, our clients who come in, who but they, many of our clients have one of a way, better way of expressing it. They have the skill sets to do a business. They just don't have the skill sets to manage a business, or run a business rather. Uh, and so, SCORE does a lot to help give them the fundamentals. And if they are already in business and they have some of that down, then we are, it's really a lot of fun to work with people and try to help take them to the next level. So uh, that's that's my background and why I got involved, and I I will do it until they drag me out of there.
1: <laughs> and that that's pretty much the sentiment of all of you volunteers, isn't it, Lucy? It certainly is. You know,
2: it's uh, it's interesting because when you have been successful in business, you eventually have to retire, of course, and then you say. I'm going to travel. That's everybody's wish. I'm going to travel. I'm going to do this and that, but you know, number one, you can't travel forever. Okay. Mm-hmm. And number two, there's not enough money to do that either. So then you have to find a hobby and uh, you know, if you have been in business and, and you love it, you kind of want to stay in it and score is a way to continue finding out what's going on in the world of business, kind of staying Uh, abreast of what's going on, what the changes are, what things are taking. And then the most rewarding thing of the whole thing is being able to help people uh, to let them start their business or let them continue and be successful at whatever venture they're choosing. So that's that's a tremendous reward. And I think we are all, all of us that are involved in SCORE, I would probably say nationwide, that's the reward we get. The fact that we see people that we have helped and have become successful at their own endeavor.
3: Yeah, we we basically have failed retirement, and um, <laughs> yeah. and, and we uh, it's it, you know, the great thing about SCORE is it, it offers uh, someone like myself a real opportunity to enjoy the um, the mental exercise of uh, and challenges of b- that business has been our life's work and to um do it uh in a way of giving back at the same time it's, it's, it's so it's, it's not it's not about just me as it were uh but rather uh yes it's great intellectual stimulation and i get to ha- have great interaction with my fellow uh, uh, mentors but also getting engaged with our um, our emerging uh entrepreneurs and clients it is just so stimulating and exciting, and it's it's really a lot of – at the end of the day, it's a lot of fun. I,
1: I would say – I would put it this way. You have overcome retirement <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> and and found a better life uh, uh, on the other side, shall we say. And we're going to come back on the other side of this break with more with Stuart Hodes. He, of course, is a SCORE mentor as well, SCORE volunteer, and these are the folks – who are there to help you out, ladies and gentlemen, whatever your question happens to be. And today, we're going to focus on nonprofits. As you heard, that's a big part of Stewart's background. We'll find out why he went in that direction and why it might be the direction you might want to go in when we come back with more of What's the Score? This is What's the Score? And by we, I mean myself, Christopher Hart, and Lucy Polito. And also today we have Stuart Hodes. And along with Lucy, he is a score mentor and volunteer. So, Stuart, you were telling us in your background that uh, after college you you focused on nonprofits, managing nonprofits. Uh, why did you go in that direction?
3: Well, actually, I started off in the family business. And... Um... My, when my father passed away, I was too young to take over the business. It was more than someone my age could handle, so I ended up uh, getting into another job, and it was incredibly unsatisfying. And then, um, and I was living in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and um, I saw an opportunity in New Orleans, and um, I thought this is perfect. It was working with young people, which I had initially, I had thought I was going to go into teaching and it was with, um, young people. It was a business education program, um, junior achievements called JA now. And I got an entry level position with, uh, with JA in new Orleans. And I ended up spending 10 years working for that organization in various communities, um, in the Southeast as executive director ultimately. And, um, one thing led to another, and uh, i uh, I just uh, I would get recruited or I'd find opportunities. Uh, I think of myself as a professional nonprofit manager, and as long as the organization's function was ethical and did not compromise my uh, values, uh, I had no problem uh, being engaged in those uh, uh, nonprofit organizations. So that's, it ended up being my career. I, little did I expect that would happen. And association management's a little different. I also worked for AAA uh, for uh, about 20 years. Um, And and most people don't think of AAA, American Automobile Association, as a nonprofit, but it is a not-for-profit 501C6, which is a different designation, but it's still a not-for-profit. So it's the same, and operationally, it's still conceptually pretty much the same.
1: What other types of uh, – I was going to ask you, and you kind of answered the question there, but what other types of nonprofits um, were these? Because uh, a lot of times when people think of nonprofits, they think of uh, charitable foundations or something like that.
3: Right. Well, I worked for United Cerebral Palsy for a while. Um, I worked for um, the National Association of Industrial and Office Properties, which was a trade association. It was a real estate development Um, um, association in South Florida. We covered um, Palm Beach, Dade, and Broward counties. Um, I briefly worked uh, with the Orlando Realtors um, Association as membership director here in Orlando. Uh, And so I've had a pretty diverse uh, background. Uh, Junior achievement, uh, that first 10 years, I was I lived in like four different cities as an executive director. I had, I started up a couple of operations, and I also bailed out a couple. Uh, that was really trench warfare experience. I got the scars to prove it on that. So, um, but uh, those are the basically some of the different ones I've worked for.
1: Okay. Um, before we go any further. You you already said there's a sort of a subtle difference, but there's a difference between non not for not for profit, and nonprofit. Could you sort yes, explain that a little more in detail, please?
3: Um, well, the um, a nonprofit is five hundred one c three is a basically a, what you consider a charitable organization. Uh, it is there for community service. Uh, and to inure uh, benefit to the community. A not-for-profit organization, this is very broad strokes, mind you, 501c6 sure. uh, is um, like the American Automobile Association, the National Association of Industrial Properties, uh, Amer- the American Medical Association, the American Bar Association. It's an affinity group that gets together to uh, promote a common cause uh there is no ownership but there is they do work on to benefit the people who have that affinity for that organization most associations where it's the realtors association or wh- whoever uh, they exist for two reasons one to promote that industry and b to gather data and so for those entrepreneurs listening uh today who may not be pondering a nonprofit um go find out the professional association affiliated with your uh type of business. They're going to provide you with a huge amount of data uh to help you develop uh a perspective about your own business. Uh if nothing else, they might give you a baseline of how you should be operating. Uh maybe you're operating above the baseline, which is great. And if you're operating below the baseline, it'll give you some goals and objectives that you can look at. And they have tons of data. And that. And I will talk about that later this afternoon, uh, but uh, they can help you define your quantifiable results for your um, for your organization.
1: It, It seems like there's a lot more nonprofit activity today. Uh, I'm not so sure about not for profit, uh, just because of uh, the type of organizations that you mentioned. Um, But it seems like there's a lot more nonprofit. Maybe Lucy can comment to this too, because you know people coming in to score with you know nonprofit ideas. Uh, To both of you, then, uh, has there been, in your opinion, accelerated, uh, shall we say, utilization of this uh, form of business?
3: Oh, absolutely, and um, the. I bet the best illustration I can give you is back when I uh, first became affiliated with SCORE and I started um, having to kind of get data and stuff like that. Uh, At that time in Orange County, Florida alone, there were 11,000 registered nonprofit organizations. And the last number I got just pre-COVID, this was in about 2019, 2020, Uh, they had moved up to about 13,000 nonprofit organizations in Orange County, Florida alone. Now, you can extrapolate that number out to all the number of counties in Florida and major metropolitan areas, not only in Florida, but throughout the United States. And nonprofit industry is an industry.
1: Lucy, did you want to comment to that?
3: Well,
2: no, but I, you know, there are an awful lot of non-profits and a lot of people certainly in the days when i used to be in the office there would be a lot of people that would come in and they wanted to start a non-profit and i think this is where uh stewart has come in uh and is a great asset to score here in orlando because he's the guy who knows how to deal with these folks because a lot of people think that you know they just form a, a well, first of all, they don't even know how to start the non-profit organization, but they just think this is money going to roll in. They don't have to do anything for it, and they don't have any responsibility and so on. They kind of think about, oh, if I start a non-profit, I probably don't have to pay taxes. So, you know, it really is a very complex business, and as I say uh, – Stuart is is really the expert in in my opinion in our organization anyway um i'm not too much into that so uh Stuart can really tell you uh and it would be interesting i think for people to find out what is a non-profit and what are the advantages of a nonprofit and how do you
3: start one well let me um, address something that you said just now lucy that's absolutely important uh essential actually beyond just important is that a nonprofit organization is a business. Uh, I can tell you right now, uh, good intentions do not pay the utility bill, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and hope is not a plan. Um, you have to have um, a an organized, um, uh, structured um, uh, operation in which the, you can make sure that you are following just nothing else. Standard accounting practices uh, that you can report uh, accurately on how the what where your funds come from and how they're being used. And I think it's also important for people to understand that um, these are some of the basic tenets of nonprofit. First of all, there is no ownership in nonprofit. Uh, I don't care whether you're the founder or not. Um, You can't own it. Uh, It is a community organization. In fact, in the disillusionment uh, clause in your nonprofit bylaws, it specifies that if the nonprofit were to discontinue operations, the assets of the organization must be distributed to like kind other nonprofits. No one can walk away with uh, having inured a benefit through their association with the nonprofit. That being said, there is nothing wrong with being compensated as I was as a full-time nonprofit manager or employee. Uh, the distinction basically is this: a the board of directors, who are all community volunteers, have governance, and the staff are responsible for execution. Uh, though it is not illegal, uh, there is no um information anywhere out literature out there that would endorse someone serving on the board of directors and being compensated as an employee or manager of that nonprofit, and that also includes family members so you can't have your mother and your sister and your great aunt tilly serving on the board of directors while you're the executive director Um, it is considered um, unethical um self-serving and self-dealing. Uh, again, it's not illegal. however, uh, you do have to do an IRS filing annually and the IRS specifically asks of any of your directors, which means your board members of your board of directors or community volunteers, if they if any of your directors are compensated, you say yes and the IRS is probably going to become your new best friend. <laughs> and All right, well, let's let's yeah. leave it at
1: that point for right now. And when we come back on the other side, we'll talk about this because uh, Stuart is right. There are advantages to a nonprofit, but there are, shall we so say, the strings that come along with it. So uh, when we come back, uh, once again, we'll be speaking with Stuart Hodes, who is a score mentor specializing in nonprofits and not for profits. And we'll be right back with more of What's the Score? Welcome back to What's the Score? Once again, I have Lucy Pulido along with myself, Christopher Hart. Our guest today, Stuart Hodes, who is himself also a score volunteer and mentor. And his specialty is nonprofits and not-for-profits, which is what we were just talking about. He explained the differences between the two. And and we were just talking about, you know, some of the things about a, a nonprofit that a lot of people aren't aware of. Uh, they they think that a nonprofit actually affords you uh, more freedom, if you will, when in fact it's the other way around. It is a business, it must be run like a business, but it is a public business of sort because there is no true ownership and and I, I think that's where we were we were, uh, left it off in the last segment and of course you know the IRS, uh, there have to be filings with the IRS, you have to have a board of directors and and the proper bylaws uh, and all of this is required. And that takes a lot of work as well, uh, on top of whatever the, the cause is. Right, Stuart?
3: Absolutely. Uh, again, as I had said earlier, uh, good intentions don't pay the utility bill.
1: There you go. So, and, and your cause also has to be viable. Uh, you know, because there's, as we were just saying, there's a lot, there are a lot of of nonprofits out there these days. And that means there's a lot of competition. And in that sense, it is like business. You have to compete with other nonprofits for either donors or, or, uh, or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, grants, whatever the, the case may be. So you have to know that your, your cause and your efforts are going to produce, right? Stuart.
3: Absolutely. Um, when it comes to fundraising, uh, well, let me put a pin in it for just a second and say one thing about non-profit. That's unique to nonprofits. First of all, when you think of the fundraising aspect of uh, nonprofits, ostensibly that's nothing uh, more than the sales component of that of the of the industry. Uh, the second thing is. Um, the state of Florida requires that if you're going to solicit funds for your nonprofit organization, you must have a Florida state solicitations license which is issued through the Department of Agriculture here in the state of Florida and Consumer Affairs. Um we are, as I at last I heard um while most other states in the united states still require a a solicitation's license state of florida is the only one that if you don't have it and you solicit funds it is a felony so uh you've got to have that license uh you don't necessarily have to have a, it's not a felony to try to sell your uh, your pencils out of your retail store but it's sure it's a felony to try to solicit funds for a nonprofit without that license um so that you have to look at your fundraising program um you know you know uh what's your return on investment as it were uh in terms of the activity you're going to have is you know it's quantity versus quality. Um, in terms of your fundraising, um, what innovative strategies that you might have to develop with, but the bottom line to me has always been when it comes to fundraising is people give to people, not to causes. So again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier about networking and people being aware of who your cause is, um, and what your cause is doing. And then that goes back to, uh, quantifiable results. Uh, What is the impact of your organization? The fact that you have 500 kids go through your uh, athletic program doesn't mean that much, but to have 500 kids, and I'm going to make this numbers up for right now. But if you're dealing with a demographic that has a 42% high school graduation rate, but they go through your program and you have an 87% high school graduation rate and you can extrapolate on top of that the value of a high school diploma, you know, lifetime earnings, lower uh, divorce rates, less uh, negative interaction with law enforcement or, um, or the justice system, those are kind of quantifiable results that you can point to your organization and say this is worth not making a contribution to per se, but rather an investment. What is the return on the value of the of the contribution made to this community organization? And you've just got to be prepared um to uh that is how you have to uh couch your um your presentation to the community. And one last note is that people think that uh and I make this distinction that in the private sector we use customer and client uh those terms interchangeably but for me they are separate entities a client are the people you serve a customer are the people who write the checks um and so therefore while your marketing may be similar certainly your message is the same you've got to treat those two entities very differently it's a it's a real dichotomy of interests in the in the stakeholders that you're having to deal with and these are some of the issues as a nonprofit manager that you have to be able to address and balance and execute successfully whether you are a paid staff member or a just a uh, a volunteer trying to do some good you still have to run it like a business and be aware of who's being impacted and how, and who's engaged with your organization.
1: Okay, once again, our guest today, Stuart Hodes, who is himself also a, a score mentor, specializing in nonprofits and not-for-profits, and we we're just talking about some of the. Uh, some of the pitfalls and some of the advantages of being involved with a nonprofit. And as you said, uh, even if you establish this, it's your, it's your baby. It's your idea. uh, Once you take nonprofit status, you are giving that up. You are giving it up to the community as it were. And, uh, and, and it requires a lot of uh, record keeping and that sort of thing. So, uh, what what's one of the biggest mistakes people make right out of the gate? Uh, focusing not enough on those things, or maybe losing you know sight of what they actually started it for.
3: Uh, two things that they 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 don't do is they do uh, one they do and one they don't do. First thing they don't do is they don't broaden the base of their board of directors. All the success of an organization is going to stem from their board of directors. Uh, Those individuals are the ones who are going to uh, bring their uh, credibility, their status, their uh, resources that they have available, or their ability to uh, uh, engender those resources from other sources. Um, They are the ones who um, you've got to expand that base of and have a working board of directors. Uh, the second thing is, is the fact that you think that people are going to give because just because you're passionate about your cause uh, does not mean everybody else is going to be. We all have, we get, all of us get solicited on a regular basis for a myriad of different nonprofit organization, uh, Save the Whales, Save the du- Puppies, uh, St. Joseph's Hospital, uh, whatever it may be. And the thing is that people have gotten very good at saying no. And the reason is because it's their money. They can do what they want with it. And they uh, will give it where they want to give. And so, therefore, you've got to uh, get those people engaged and be aware of your cause. And that's where I said earlier, people give to people, not the causes. It is the impact of another individual making a case about the organization that they have that they have a uh, value for and, and, in being able to engender support for it. And it's just not going to happen. And the, uh, the other component of that is people think, well, I'm going to just write grants and foundations will write me a check and that's not going to happen either. Uh, grants are as selective. They're very good at saying no, they have their own criteria. They usually have a board of directors that is making that decision. And then you have to be able to present that your organization is viable, uh, has a history of uh, impactfulness. And um, then it's a matter of sometimes, who do you know? Have you networked into knowing, uh, making that personal connection? They don't just write the checks. They Because these funding sources... They can have a gazillion dollars, but what they give, they want to be impactful. They don't want to give 25 dollars to every organization. They want to be able to give $1,000 dollars to this one and a1,000 dollars to that one, because that's impactful. So it's a matter of having realistic expectations, having a um, understand that your cause uh, has to be represented by other people. And that and those people are your board of directors, and your board of directors has to have a valid reason to support you, which leads to uh, why you have to have quantifiable results. And at the end of the day, uh, those uh, board members, they have an expectation that the organization is cost effective, adheres to standard accounting practices, is financially viable, and is in fact carrying out the mission as set forth by the organization.
1: It's
2: a lot of moving parts. Lucy, please. Yeah. Well, based on on your experience, especially the people that come to SCORE, what do you see people asking? When they come in, they say, I want to start a nonprofit organization because I love uh, puppies and I love dogs. And I see a lot of dogs that are being mistreated and so on. I like to start an organization. What do you tell them?
3: Well, the first thing they um, they need to do is um, come come up with a business plan like any venture. They need to know what's their value proposition. What you know, what are they selling? What services are they providing? You know, who's their demographic? Uh, what are their key resources? What is their uh, what are their key relationships? What uh, what are their projected in, uh, and anticipated expenses and revenue sources? You know. These are things that uh, any business has to look at in terms of basic operation. I always tell them the first thing you have to have is a business plan. And fortunately, whether it's for for profit or not for profit or nonprofit, that's one of the things that we at SCORE are very good at, is helping you uh, develop that business plan. But I can assure you that uh, the basic information in a business plan is not going to be anything less than what a potential contributor, significant contributor is going to be asking for. Because I can tell you right now, significant contributors are probably pretty sophisticated in um, how they give out their money. They, uh, It's not a um, oh, I got so much money, I'm just going right. to fall out of my pockets. <laughs> they want to be impactful, so they, it's their money. They want to make sure that it's given to an organization that's viable. So you better have good bookkeeping, you better have good structure, you better have uh, quantifiable results, or projected by a uh, realistic quantifiable All right. results.
1: All right. Well, Stuart, we'll stop right there and pick it up again on the other side with more of what's the score. To What's the score of the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination? Before we get back to the conversation with Stuart Hodes and Lucy Polito, just want to remind you that Salem. Media Group Orlando has got the great winning combination for you, ladies and gentlemen, because now they can not only put your voice over the air on good old-fashioned radio, but they can also put your voice and your message out there on the Internet with all the social media platforms. They now have Salem Surround, and with SurroundOrlando.com, or by going to SurroundOrlando.com, you can find out how they can integrate all your messaging and put it out there in the most effective fashion. For you and your return. And uh, these are experts. They're local here, so they know what this market is all about, and they can really help you. And I want to brag on them because uh, the Salem Media Group has chosen our very own WORL as the number one radio station in their stable of stations in the country for the year. So we are number one, and uh, that's quite an achievement, and it means that they are getting results, ladies and gentlemen, and they can get those results for you. If you'd like to speak with someone by phone, call them at 407-618-1760, 407-618-1760. And, of course, you can always also visit them at surroundorlando.com. So take advantage of it today. Don't wait, surroundorlando.com. All right, that brings us back to Stuart. And Stuart, as we were taking the, as we leading into that last break, uh, it reminded me so much of uh, Rich Jakel and what he used to emphasize on the show all the time. You know, you got to do your homework. You gotta, you gotta find out what your competition is. You got to find out where your market is. And it's the same thing as what you were describing. And for a nonprofit, uh, so if you would just like to pick it up from there.
3: Well, I think the the point of managing a nonprofit um, is not because you're just trying to do good work, but what are the quantified, and I've said this on each segment, what are the quantifiable results of your organization? What is it you're trying to do? And when it comes to that, you've got to look at if it can be planned, it can be measured. And if it can be measured, it can be tracked. And if it can be tracked, it can be managed. And if it's managed, it can be managed, it can be planned. So you know, you've got to have organizational structure. Uh, as I said uh, at the uh, top of this uh, this uh, interview, uh, hope is not a plan. Uh, you owe it to the community if you're taking their donations um, to provide a value in return for those uh, investments into your nonprofit organization. So when you're doing planning, you've got to look at, you know, as any business would do, you've got to ask. You know, what are we doing that we could do better? You know, what should we be doing that we aren't? Uh, uh, can we do the things we really want to do? You may want to um, uh, feed every stray dog in in Orange County, Florida. But the thing is, do you have the capacity to do it? Uh, if not, how do you modify your capacity to, uh, to uh, a specific demographic? um you know you know also are you qualified to do what you want to do if you if you want to take care of dogs that's great are you really qualified to take care of cats if you're busy doing dogs you one of the biggest frustrations in nonprofit is that often the uh the well of need will never be emptied uh so nonprofit managers have got to be really, relatively good at saying no, well, actually the board of directors of defining the demographic of who they're going to serve, what the population is going to be, because you can't be everything to everybody. Um, and the most important thing about your planning and uh, deriving your uh, quantifiable results is, you know, will your costs be covered? Can you do it? Uh, can you afford to do it? Uh, you again, have an accountability uh, to the community um, to manage your, um, organization in a professional and business-like man, man, manner. Um, uh, uh, and to make, and part of the role is to have an engaged, incredible board of directors. Um, and your fundraising efforts have to be organized and justify, uh, their value to the contributors and the fiscal component of your operations must be transparent. Uh, so again, no matter what your good cause is, uh, you still are running a business. As Lucy has said at the very beginning of um, today's um, conversation, that the uh, nonprofit is a business.
1: And the better you run it like that, the more successful it's going to be on the other end. And that's why I appreciate you stressing this, because as you said, it's it's not I mean, the cause is why you're there, but if you don't run it efficiently, the other nonprofits are going to run circles around you. And if you stay in, you're going to be working for them before long. And because, once again, the competition is keen, and yeah. and, 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 and people are starting these all the time. And it's the ones who do it right who are going to be the ones who are successful. Lucy, please.
2: Well, and the other thing to emphasize is, you know, at the end of the day, you are you have to get money. And so if your organization is not one that's well organized, one where the public knows that you are an organization that actually is doing what you say you are going to do, whatever your mission statement is, uh, you know, uh, the money isn't going to come through no matter what happens and how well you may go out there and ask for money. People have to see that the money is being used the way you are saying it should be used. And that's a very important part of a nonprofit, I believe.
3: Again, I go back to uh, people, um, good intentions don't pay the utility bill. That's right. And, and the thing is, uh, you're right. It's a very competitive industry. What they all have in common, regardless of their intent, is that they all need money. Uh, And they generally, though nonprofits can charge a fee for service and generate some pretty good uh, funding from that, um, it usually is not enough to maintain the organization overall. And because of that, a nonprofit requires the support of the community through donation. And you've got to be able to be accountable Uh, for those funds that you're using them cost effectively um and that um you and if you and if you do it better than the competition um then you will get you will get consideration and so it's not like i'm going to open up a restaurant and i'm going to do pizzas and only have to worry about pizza parlors i got to worry about uh every other restaurant in the in the industry I've got to worry about grocery stores and uh and seven 11s and everything else that sells food. Uh the same thing kind of applies to nonprofit. My uh save the whatever fund that I'm trying to operate is going to compete with the save the other kind of animal fund, uh even though they may not be related at all. And um because they're all knocking on the doors a matter of knocking on the right doors and let me finish with this by saying um you don't want to just solicit count the number of solicitations you make but rather you need to solicit the people that count because they're the ones who are identifying the ones who have an interest in the well-being of your operation and will it provide them with the um Their ROI, return on investment, whatever that may be, is it networking, is it community recognition, brand recognition, whatever it may be, um, you have got to be able to satisfy that aspect of a potential contributor.
1: One last question here. Uh... Yes, sir. have you ever had anybody come to you with a for-profit business and say i want to convert it over to a nonprofit is is that something that is at all feasible or you just basically shut the one down and just start from scratch
3: um you can do it um but I can tell you this that they usually they don't usually want to convert they want to open up a nonprofit okay uh and the the rule of thumb on this one is you can have a for-profit that feeds a non-profit but ethically it is you can you have to be very careful about having a non-profit in any way that feeds a for-profit uh and unfortunately um i do have, get a lot of clients that i have to have a long discussion about the ethics of what they're trying to do um because um they don't understand the tax considerations they don't understand um, that it, that they don't they don't have ownership in a nonprofit and those kind of aspects that we have to be, create clarity. Um, now, I often get people who say, should I go nonprofit or for-profit? And I'll be candid with, even though my career was built in nonprofit, I am entrepreneurial by uh, nature. And so therefore, uh, I'm one who always encourages people, if it can go for for-profit, go for profit. That way you have control. You have ownership, and you can make whatever decisions you want on your own and glean whatever uh, um, benefit there may be from uh, your private business. Nonprofit's a totally different animal. And so that's another discussion.
1: Well, then we're going to have to have you back. (laughs) because <laughs> we're out of time for today. But it's been very informative, Stuart. And once again, folks, if you're thinking about starting a nonprofit, get a hold of the folks at SCORE so that you do it right, okay? And that way you're sure to be a success. 407-420-4844 is the number for SCORE. Orlando.score.org, of course, is the website. And if you'd like to speak with Stuart, give him a call there. I'm sure they'll set up an appointment where he'll call you back. Once again, thanks again Stuart for being with Hi, us. Stuart. All right, we'll look forward to having you back again in the future. Okay? And don't forget this is Not going to be pleasure. a big okay, this is going to be a big year at Score with a lot of events going on, so the best thing to do is sign up for that newsletter at orlando.score.org. And Lucy, do you want to have a final word here?
2: And stay tuned.
1: Okay, stay tuned. And big Stay
2: tuned because we have uh, big events coming up very, very soon within the next 60 days, so be on the lookout.
1: Okay, and, of course, we'll be telling you all about them right here on What's the Score. But if you want to get the first alerts, sign up for the newsletter at Orlando.score.org. So, once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it so much. And spread the word because that's what you've been doing already, and we thank you for that. So, until next week, that's all for What's the Score.